Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Do you work in an office cubicle farm where you have random, mindless conversations? Do you sometimes sit around a campfire with family and friends relaxing and talk about nothing in particular? Do you ever find yourself on a front porch or a stoop with your buddies just hanging out discussing the world? If so, then this show might just be for you. On Cubicle Chat, the topics are like the ones you would find in an office setting, a campfire, or a front porch. Anything and everything ranging from pop culture to travel to nerdy interests and even military stories. If any of these pique your interest, then check out the Cubicle Chat podcast. gentlemen welcome back to the armchair book and wrestling podcast i'm your host my name is stunning steve barber joining me as as always is my awesome co-host the intellectual rock star himself delicious joyland davis hey everybody and we are getting really really close to thanksgiving in fact thanksgiving is a week from to, from today kind of snuck up on us yeah it's like where did you know it's like i feel like november just started and it's like why is thanksgiving next week yeah <laughs> You know, and especially doesn't help that people have been putting up their Christmas decorations since Labor Day. So uh, we had ours up since Halloween because my wife wanted them up. So I put them up. <laughs> yep. So that's called. Yeah, I want these up. And uh, hmm, that becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes part of the honeydew list. Mm-hmm. And you know, we actually usually don't get ours up until right after Thanksgiving. Uh, Hope loves uh, Halloween. So usually it's like November 1st. We put it away decorate for christmas this year she wanted them up earlier so i'm like okay kind of funny you know um you're saying that hope likes halloween but i see the shirt you're wearing is uh, halloween yeah. well well <laughs> hope hope loves christmas how she's not a halloween fan i am halloween all year long so ah i did i uh did some doordash earlier and dropped and dropped it off one off at the hospital and the the lady at the nurse's station was like i like your halloween shirt there very festive i'm like yep yep <laughs> all year <laughs> Halloween uh, never ends for me you know what i, I could have grabbed my friday the 13th shirt and put it on um <laughs> but I, I won't because i've already got my mean gene oakland mean shirt gene. yep got this one courtesy of one of the wrestling loot um boxes oh okay yeah that i got at the last fan fest up in chillicothe um and that's one thing I've done every fan fest, you know, along with meeting wrestlers and spending way too much money to <laughs> meet wrestlers. Yeah. And I've also gotten two boxes every time. Oh, okay. You know, one supposed to be one with a mask, one with a shirt. Um, mm-hmm. Well, this time they no longer have the masks, you know, so uh, I got, I got two shirts and this was one of the shirts. Okay. So, and I don't remember what the other one was. No idea where it is. <laughs> but but it's on here because you know it's got mean by God gene. Yep, you got to put the by God in there if it, yep. or it didn't work. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, 
But, you know, since we are talking about holidays and and now, you know, Thanksgiving May next week, uh, our topic today actually comes. It's a, it was a suggestion given to, to Waylon and myself by our friend Kyle, former co-host of the show, Kyle. And I actually thought about inviting him on uh, for tonight, but I have a feeling he's preoccupied right now because as we are recording this, it's the Ravens and the Bengals. Oh yeah, and, he's not he's not moving from that TV. No, nah, he's over. yeah he's he's not going to be because <laughs> you know, uh, KC. But I didn't know Kyle is a big Ravens fan, and so he I know he's going to be focusing on that. So, uh, but we do we are going to thank thank him for the the topic because he actually uh, he gave us this idea um, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, you know mm-hmm. what, as we get closer to Thanksgiving, that'll actually be a really good idea. So, so thank you, Kyle, for this idea. But uh, we're talking about it. we're going to. Remember the three things we're thankful for in wrestling. And I was like, man, because um, it almost seems like a hard topic. But then if you really think about it, because we're old, (laughs) we we know how things used to be in wrestling, you know, back when we first started watching, you know, of course, anybody who's been watching for a long time knows it's, it's not the same product as it was 40 years ago when we started watching, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and it definitely it's not even the same as what it was five years ago, you know. Right. So, um, but we just want to go over you know the things that we are thankful for in wrestling because I mean this really is a time of Thanksgiving. I mean, and yep. Um, for those listening in other countries, because we know we do have an audience in other countries, you know, um, you know, not every country has this kind of a holiday. Yeah. You know, where you literally are just. Spending time with your family, just giving thanks for what you have. Right. You know, so um, that's one of the things that, you know, we want to kind of hit on today. Um, But I'll actually go first when it comes to wrestling, some of the things that I'm thankful for in wrestling. And honestly, I'm thankful that with wrestling, I've been able to become kind of part of it by being a podcaster, which means mm-hmm. that, you know, get to have this podcast to talk about uh, the, the sport that we love, which means I also get to do this with one of my best friends. And even before that, another one of my best friends who was uh, from a coast, like I said, Kyle, who actually came up with the topic, you know, so that's the first thing I'm thankful for is wrestling podcasting and the wrestling podcast family. Right. You know, because, and without wrestling, we wouldn't have, I'm not saying we never could have had a podcast, but this is really what, you know, this is what we wanted to do. Yeah, I I agree. That's one of, that's one of the things that I'm thankful for too, because without, without us doing this podcast, look at all the people that we've met in the business. Yes. And like, I mean, we interviewed Larry Zabisco, you know, (laughs) living, living legend that we watched on TV growing up. Yes. And, and hated. We, yeah. And yeah, he did such a good job yeah. at the heel that we hated him. We hated him. But he's such, you know, he was such a good guy to talk to. And it was such a good time talking to him. And we would have never got that opportunity or talking to Buff Bagwell or talking to Wildcat Chris Harris, you know, getting to know these people, all the wrestlers, all the other wrestlers, you know, you know, Big Strong Mims, uh, Big Mama. Riley Matthews, you know, the list goes Graves. on and on. Devin Gray, you know, yeah. um, and I know you knew Devin outside of wrestling, but yeah, you know, but with him being a wrestler, though, it gave us an opportunity. We've had him on the show twice. Yeah, 
you know. Sinclair, um, who we've had on the show like at least three God, times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we would have never been able to talk to and become friends with all these people without this podcast. Yep. Uh, I mean, we could go, we could name so many. Roger Ruffin. I mean, he's a legend yeah. in the business. And, yeah. you know, we had uh, him on the show. And uh, just been, it's been wild um, having the chance to do all that. And and we know we're not done because I even got an email today from you know somebody, you know. Um, like I said, folks, if you email us, you know, yeah. and you have you want to come on the show, um, you know, or if you have a show idea, just send it to us. Yeah. And you know, um, and I promise I do look at the emails now. Some of them I do have to make sure I flag the email so that way they don't get buried when all the other emails that come in because yep. that's actually happened and I've totally missed out on on something. Uh, and so I always have to make sure I flag the emails now um, because unfortunately, email. I mean, you get you get spam once you sign up for one thing because I, I do have a couple of subscriptions with the Armchair Booking account, Armchair mm-hmm. Booking Podcast at Gmail dot com, and. Unfortunately, uh, because I've signed up through at the TikTok with that account, so I get the emails from TikTok. Um, yeah, yeah. and uh, plus a couple others like IWTV, which is an app. You know, that's what I, I can use mm-hmm. to watch OVW on. Well, I get okay. yeah, I get emails from that all the time, and so unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's pushed emails that we that were sent to us. Right. So unless I flag them, star them, whatever mm-hmm. on Gmail, you know, I've had them get buried, and then. I had, you know, somebody, hey, I sent you an email. Why didn't you respond? I was like, ah, crap, because it got pushed. Because it got buried, yeah. It got buried, and, you know, because I didn't, now I know, you know, uh, to flag them, right. you know, to make sure we get them. But uh, the one, it was someone who emailed and longtime fan. That's, um, I'll just put it like that. And hopefully we can have him on the show at some point. Um also, you know, we're in talks with Finisher Wrestling about having them back on the show. Yep. You know, again, soon. So, again. Another group of guys we would not have, you know, become friends with without this podcast. Yeah. You know. Oh, them and, and BC Hunter, you know, from Wrestling the Truth and, and Ted the Hillbilly Hill. and Yeah, Justin. Um, Justin, you know, yep. Justin Treno from TNC Sports Talk. Um, yeah. You know, Eric and Mike and and friends from the, the Dad World Order podcast. Yep. You know, uh, I'm even f- thankful for people like Noah Gabriel who decided to blow his nose on our shirt. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, and, and also thankful for our friends like, like Justin and like Randy, you know, both of them have been able to step, step in, in yeah. you know, and helped out when they wanted to make sure we, we kept it going. So, well, that's the first thing I'm thankful for. How about yourself? Um, that's one of the things I'm thankful for. Um, Another thing I'm thankful for is all of the wrestling outside of WWE because there's so many places for professional wrestlers to ply their trade now uh, because, you know, without your AEW and your impact and, I mean, Ring of Honor, which, you know, Tony Khan owns both, but Ring of Honor is kind of like their NXT. Mm -hmm. And so without... And without those companies, without New Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, you know, things of that nature, there would be things would be what I like to call the dark ages where after WWE bought WCW and they had already 
purchase all the intellectual property of ECW, there was nowhere for anybody to go. Right. And that, I mean, it just, it made the WWE product stagnant. Vince tried to say uh, a month or two ago that the reason he sold the company was because it had become stagnant. No, it was stagnant after he bought WCW. Yeah. Because he had no competition. But now he's got, there are other alternatives to the WWE machine. Now, I don't want people to think that I hate the WWE. That's far from the case. I, I like WWE. Yeah. I watch the pay-per-views every month. I grew up with it. But it's not the only game in town. Right. There's, Especially since most of the stuff that we even talk about is WWE because they yeah. are yeah. the biggest game They're, in town. It's hard not to. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, no pun intended, but they're the big show. That's I mean, yeah. they're the biggest wrestling company in the world, but they're not the only one. And exactly. that's what I like is the variety because you can watch AEW and get one style. You can even watch their Ring of Honor TV and get a different style. Impact gives you a different style. New Japan gives you a different style. And that's the, that's what I love about wrestling is. It's not the same cookie cutter thing all the time. Right. So I love that. I'm very thankful that we have all these opportunities to watch other types of wrestling available to us. And that kind of leads me on uh, something else. And it kind of piggybacks off of that is one of the things um, that I'm thankful for is the fact that we have so many independent companies now. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, because tomorrow night I'm planning on going and watching um, a show from the, the company. It's a company out of Cincinnati. We talked about it before called Spot Monkey Promotions. Yes. Um, and they are doing a show in Georgetown, Ohio, which okay. is just right down the road from essentially the county seat of Brown County where, um, where I live. And they are having it at the high school. Um, Actually, I think there's another one that it's the high school slash middle school, but, uh, or no, maybe not. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but they're having it to raise money for the Georgetown high school athletic department. Mm-hmm. And the guest of honor, you know, who was doing a meet and greet and I've actually already met him before, which makes me think, Oh my God, I've done a lot of meet and greets. So, <laughs> so now I come back around. It's, it's Jimmy mouth of the South heart again. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, so he's going to be there um, along with Lord Crew, along with Carson Drake, along with Riley Matthews. She's going to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, and Riley, by the way, she's been doing a lot of shows, not just NWF. Yes, she has. um, She's been going down, hitting up OVW, and then she's uh, going to be in, in Georgetown tomorrow, which. Uh, Riley, she's putting a lot of miles in her car because OVW down in Louisville, I mean, that's a good hour and a half, two hour drive from um, mm, yeah. Cincinnati. And, you know, I mean, I know um, the town she lives in um, is not, she doesn't live in Cincinnati proper. She lives in another uh, town kind of, well, it's about the part of it, well, a little bit closer to Cincinnati than what Mount Orb is. Uh, but I mean, she puts in a little bit of a haul to, to get down to Louisville and then coming back up and working, you know, her regular job on yeah. Friday and then turn around and having, um, you know, match tomorrow night in Georgetown. So yeah, she's all over the place. Um, 
but thankful for you know these indie companies that we can uh, watch and mm-hmm. it, you know like you said I mean it's so it's almost almost like what you were saying you know other things things other than WWE but yeah. this is even going down you know this yeah. is in, entry level yeah now mm-hmm. it's not backyard wrestling now I'm not going to go that far but no but it's where wrestlers get especially with the NWF because of Roger Ruffin and Big Mama and Wildcat Chris mm-hmm. Harris, the training that they get is exceptional. Mm-hmm. So when you have an independent company that gives their, you know, their students that kind of training, it makes the wrestling world better because you're getting people who know the correct way to wrestle and the correct way to protect themselves and their opponent when mm-hmm. they're in the ring. And I don't think people get really think about that too much as far as, yeah, you're always, I mean, your first instinct is always going to be to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. However, um, the ones who protect their opponents, um, yeah. I, I mean, we saw prime example that one of the biggest news stories coming out of Crown Jewel was Logan Paul catching Rey Mysterio, keeping him from breaking his neck. Yeah, and here's here's something about Logan Paul, too, that he's not getting enough credit for is his humility as far as his place in pro wrestling and who he's been in the ring with. He said that that he said that was on both of them. He said his part of it, he said he doesn't think Ray got enough spring off the rope, which we talked about that. That's what we thought. Mm-hmm. He said he said that's just what he's thinking happened because of the way Ray came off the rope. But he said that he was out of position. And he fully admitted that. He's like, mm-hmm. I was not close enough to for him to hit the move like he was supposed to. He's like, but when I saw him about to land on his head, he's like, I knew I had to catch him because one, that's just a decent thing to do. He's like, and two, I'm in the ring with Ray Mysterio. I can't, you know, just let him drop on his head. And he's like, so, you know, my, he's like, my instinct was not what's the next spot, but my instinct was let me save the person I'm in the ring with. Yep. Let me, let me protect them. He's like, so that's why I caught him because otherwise it would have went really bad, but he was very humble about that and took accountability for his part of not being exactly in position for the move. And he has become a student of the game, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so, I mean, I don't know what his legacy will be, you know, at the end of the day. Um, however, I mean, he's actually, I mean, I'd say it's more net positive than negative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, when we heard Logan Paul, we're like, oh, yeah, really? I just, I just groaned. But then I saw him perform, and I, I've seen him live when he was at, when he wrestled the Miz at SummerSlam. And, right, I mean, the dude's got presence. He knows, like, then he was playing the face, but he's such a good heel. He, <laughs> yeah. you know, he knows, and he, he he knows how to get that heel reaction, especially because he's got so many people that, you know, as far as his social media goes, that can't stand him anyway. So he just feeds into that persona and brings it into the ring. So, I mean, he he's well 
beyond his years of experience. He he gets it. He's one of the, he's one of those wrestlers that have walked into the business and just gets it. Which is kind of ironic because he's going against the Miz. Because a lot of people always looked at the Miz like he's just a celebrity because he mm-hmm. was on Real World. Yeah. Um, then he went through Tough Enough, and the Miz. I mean, he's the real deal. I mean, he's paid his dues. Oh yeah, definitely. Know? So, um, but he's the Miz is another one. Just people just like to hate him. Yeah. You know, now, I mean, I'll boo him if he's a heel, but I'm not going to boo his abilities. No, I'm not booing his abilities. I don't, I never agree with them turning him face. He's just one of those. He's a natural heel. He's so good as a heel. I uh, mean, he is, he is a natural heel and it's like he, you can tell he struggles as a face. You can tell it's easier for him to be a heel mm-hmm. because there's so many levels he can feed into the heel persona that he can't do as a face um you can't be extremely cocky yeah and be a face yeah Yeah. and then i mean he just points out look i'm a tv star okay you know i i did good on tough and i did that now now look at my hot smoking wife exactly and you're like and it's like i hate that guy it's like i hate that guy (laughs) you know and it's like but he's, I mean, he's such a natural heel. He's like Charlotte. Charlotte should never be face, ever. Exactly. She should be a heel. Just like her dad. Time. Just like her dad. Yep. Blair should have never been a face any time in his career. It, it is, oh, it was, it was okay for fans to cheer him, even though he was a heel, because they did it, especially when he was in the Horseman in their heyday. Horseman got cheered and booed at the same time. Yep. Because people respected People hated their tactics, but they respected their skills. Um, what is your next thing that you're thankful for in wrestling? Piggybacking off of Ric Flair and the Horseman, I'm, of course, you know, I'm a '70s baby. I grew up, you know, exactly. watching, <laughs> you know, yeah, we I grew yeah, up, we did. <laughs> yeah, grew up watching wrestling with my grandmother, and grew up watching the Horseman, and I am thankful for the Four Horsemen. Because I'm a fan of factions. And without the Four Horsemen, there would be no true... Because they were the first true faction, first true group that, you know, worked together and everything. Because most of the time, you had just a bunch of guys that were managed by one person. Right. Even Bobby Heenan, when he had the Heenan family, they weren't necessarily one cohesive group. They didn't go out for interviews together. Exactly. They didn't accompany the, each other to the ring. To the ring, exactly. Yeah. So you had the Heenan family, which was excellent. There's, I mean, there's Hall of Famers. The majority of the Heenan family are Hall of Famers, but they weren't a true faction. Just like the original Legion of Doom was the Road Warriors and Jake the Snake Roberts. But it was, and I forget who else was in it. Uh, the, the, spoiler and, the spoiler and Bundy. Yes, Bundy, yeah, and the spoiler. But it was just a group of guys that happened to be managed by the same person. Right. But then you get the Horsemen, who is a group of guys that do interviews together, they travel together, they, you know, they watched each other's back, they came, they accompanied each other to the ring, they protected each other's championships. You know, they were a true faction. Without them, there's no... NWO, there's no DX, there's no Shield, 
the Wyatt family, you know, on and on. There's none of that, even going as far as over in Japan with Bullet Club and, you know, all their little splinter groups and things like that. There are no, there would be no true factions without the horsemen. They were the blueprint of what a faction should be. So I'm thankful for the War Horsemen. You know, and I was even thinking about all the, um, the factions groups that Kevin Sullivan had. Um, because before, before the horsemen though, he had his, what they were called the flock, weren't they? Just Kevin Sullivan, his flock down in Florida. Yeah, it's like that was just the name that but, the announcers gave them, but it wasn't right. like uh but they weren't official thing. But I'm, they weren't a cohesive unit either. They were just it was just people who and, were under the influence of Kevin Sullivan. And they didn't dominate all the titles either. Right. Right. Um and so they're looking for the the name because I mean he was called the Prince of Darkness, and I'm like, okay, yeah. first of all, that's Ozzy Osbourne. I don't yeah. know what you're thinking. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, but then he also had the Dungeon of Doom, which of course came after the Horsemen, but they were still nowhere near the level. I mean, uh, the Dungeon I mean, of Doom felt like a bunch of castoffs, but yeah, because they were, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't I mean, have been, they really but... were. yeah, because you took everybody that pretty much Dungeon of Doom, like at its core, was either new guys like Hugh Morris and the Giant. Or guys that WCW's creative had failed, like uh, Bruce Beefcake, like Earthquake, like uh, I'm trying to think who else. There was somebody else. I can't think of it. But I mean, the only star in that group was when Lex Luger was affiliated with them for a time. Well, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, when they first started. And, you know, then he had the the Varsity Club was cool. I like them. I do like the Varsity Club. Yeah, I love the Varsity Club. But again, they were, without the Horsemen, we probably wouldn't have had the Varsity Club because they, now they were a cohesive unit. Yeah, they were. They accompanied each other to the ring and did interviews together and things like that. They took that Horseman blueprint and used it for their faction. But the Uh, Horsemen are still top of the food chain. Uh, Sullivan was the Army of Darkness. Okay. Yep. And because I was thinking, Ministry, no, it wasn't Ministry of Darkness. That was an Undertaker, but I knew it was something similar to that. I just not found, yeah, the Army of Darkness. Um, But yeah, you're right. I mean, without the Horsemen, you wouldn't have had um, even some of the less known ones, well, sort of like the Oddities. Now, the grand, the Oddities were like the Dungeon of Doom, except for they were WWE. In fact, they even had John Tenna in both of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, in fact, Luna Vashon, she was yeah. in the oddities. Luna Vashon yep. was also in the Army of Darkness. Yes, yes, she was. Yep. Um, and yeah, so like you said, you're thinking for the horsemen because you know everything after them will always be compared to the horsemen. Yeah. You know, um, even um, oh my lord, why am I, I'm just not drawing a blank? And we literally just spoke to one of the members of this faction. Um, when Larry Zabesco, the Dangerous Alliance, Dangerous Alliance, yes, mm-hmm. very underrated, uh, because they were controlling the titles at the time. Because yeah. the Horsemen, you know, of course, Arn Anderson was in the Dangerous Alliance, yep. so you weren't I mean, gonna have, you can't have the horse without Arn Anderson. Yeah, and the Dangerous Alliance. I mean, like you said, they're very underrated. They 
controlled the world television title, the world tag team titles in two different variations because you had Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco as the enforcers when they were world tag team champions. And then they lost the belts. And then, you know, Zabisco gets brought in. And then Arn and Bobby Eaton win the world tag team title. Rick Rude is the United States heavyweight champion. So, I mean, they controlled every title, basically, except the world title. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, so, one of the last thing that, you know, because we had to have, have come up with three. Um, but one of the things, this may throw a curveball for people. I'm thankful for the things I have learned about real life from watching and keeping up with professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, because one of the things, um, because I think it was um, your wife, Hope, who actually has said wrestling is the the greatest one-take actors, the greatest yes. collection of one-take actors in the world. Yep, she says and, that all the time because she's like, "Who? what other actors have to do what they do in one take? Everybody else, you know, if they mess up, it just gets edited out or whatever in post-production. But wrestlers have to do, they have to know their part and be able to do it one time. Yep. Um, and I'll admit, there were some lear- some words I learned from Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, me you too. You know, um, the word blatant. Yeah. I all will always know that I learned that from watching WWF. Yeah. Because uh, Gorilla Monsoon, he had such a vast vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um but that, the word double standard, um, the phrase insulting our intelligence, because I used to see that all the time in the wrestling magazines, uh, learned that from watching wrestling. You know, then, mm-hmm. you know, then when we, um, when we found out the nature of it, I will still never say it's fake just because too many people are getting hurt. You can say it's, it's predetermined. Hey, cool. Oh That's God. fine. But yeah, but there's, there's nothing fake about it. No. Um, but when you start learning, the kayfabe nature of it all kayfabe that's another term mm-hmm. uh and how far they went and so you'll learn the the links people will go to protect their business yeah and that's kind of like you know what i could i could definitely take that as some inspiration you know um because you know, they were protecting the business they were in and then you know you start learning about um workplace politics yes you can learn about that from mm-hmm. people- Keep yep. it up and now that you'll learn from like watching or listening to a podcast like ours or you know or and when we're we've actually talked to wrestlers or you know you listen to other podcasts but when you keep up with those kind of things and you learn about okay that's why honky tonk man had the intercontinental belt for so long yeah. because of who he was friends with yep because he was buddies with uh that doesn't work for me brother <laughs> yeah yeah, and then you find out why Hogan never wrestled Rick Rude, and you find out why Hogan never wrestled, you know, some other ones, and like why he never defended the title against Jake the Snake, and never de- uh, refused to drop, refused to defend it and drop it to Bret Hart, because the right. original plan was, you know, Yokozuna beats Bret at WrestleMania nine, then Hogan comes in to, you know, Hogan sneaks in the back door, ends up winning the title. The because he was supposed to have a program with Bret Hart and put Bret Hart over, and Hogan said that didn't work for him. 
So he ended up using losing it back to Yokozuna. Oh, uh, so many things that people just don't get because people look down on wrestling. People who don't mm-hmm. watch wrestling, you know, look down on it you know, or they refuse to watch it uh, because one of the things I was mentioning before, you know, about the, the show that's going to be in Georgetown, Ohio, tomorrow night uh, is to raise money for the athletic department for that high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few months ago, of course, when I met EC3, um, that was in Williamsburg at Williamsburg High School slash Middle School. That one, that one, I know was a combo. And once again, to raise money for the athletic department. And in fact, mm-hmm. even their football coaches get involved with it because two years in a row, I went to their yeah. um, to their show. And last year, the football coach is either football or wrestling. I think it's one of the football coaches. He actually body slammed one of the wrestlers. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and um, and this one he actually he did a, a shoulder tackle and something else, and so they they actually get into it. Um, I don't know what to expect for the show in Georgetown, mm-hmm. um, but they're raising money, like I said, for the athletic department. Right. However, the school district that you know we live in, the one that um, well, my son is no longer going to school. We actually homeschool our son because of how bad this district has gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, when I spoke to the school board about the things that that uh, happened to my son and how they refused to even acknowledge they have a problem. Uh, well, I was in the lobby actually talking with the athletic director for the school district and the wrestling coach happened to also be in the lobby as well. And I, I kind of mentioned that, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, I have a wrestling podcast because I think um, that was on Monday night. And so I said, yeah, I'm, I need to make sure I get home in time so we can record. And, yeah, then I, I, I detected very quickly they do not like professional wrestling. And mm-hmm. In fact, I've actually heard the athletic director hates professional wrestling. I could tell the wrestling coach did, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and – there have been talks before about having events in that high school gym Mm -hmm. and they refuse. Mm. And he said, well, they scuff up the gym floor. It's like, no, because they put mats down underneath the ring to keep it from Uh tearing it up. No, he just doesn't like wrestling is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. So people like that, you know, who look down upon us, like you realize all the things you could learn besides wrestling. You learn about like competition. You learn, yeah. You know, the dip, yeah, the difference between, okay, that person, they're booing them because they don't like their character or, or they're booing them because they don't like them. They got that go away heat. Yeah. You know, but those are the kind of things that you can learn if you keep up with professional wrestling. And because yeah. there are so many people from so many backgrounds, mm-hmm. you know, that come in and when all of a sudden you're, you're learning about countries that, um, now, whether or not the wrestler is actually from that country, that's another right. story. <laughs> but uh, because, you know, Killer Khan was not from Mongolia. He was from, right. he was Japanese. Yeah. You know, uh, the great Kabuki was also, he wasn't from, I think they said he was from Singapore because it makes it sound more exotic. No, mm-hmm. he was also Japanese. Yeah. You know, um, the Russians weren't Russian. You know, Ivan right. Koloff was Canadian. Nikita yeah. Koloff was from Minnesota. Yep. Yeah, Krusha Khrushchev, also from Minnesota. He didn't even try to hide his accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, Nikolai Volkov was actually not from Russia, but he was from um, Croatia. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you learn about these different things. As a kid, you're like, wow, yeah. there's a country. Well, okay, let me, 
you know, check all that out. So that's one of the things I've been kind of thankful for a lot of the things that I've learned, you know, over the years of watching wrestling. Uh, and my third one, which kind of piggybacks off yours, is I am thankful for the quality wrestling commentators that we've had over the years. Like <coughs> like you were saying, Gorilla Monsoon, who was so knowledgeable about, he just had such a, a huge vocabulary. And not just that he knew big words to throw out, he knew the meaning of those words and how to use them properly. He knew the medical terms of the different body parts that the wrestlers mm-hmm. were working. Um, uh, you know, you can't talk about wrestling commentators without talking about Jim Ross, who I still think is the best to ever do it. Jim Ross made you feel those big moments. It's like you knew they were big moments, but when you heard Jim Ross announce you know, talk about them during the match. He made everything, he made everything feel so important. Like Austin winning the world title at WrestleMania. He made, and that's still the soundbite that you hear when he's like, Austin, Austin, you know, stone cold, stone cold, because he, you know, he made you feel that that was a huge moment, not just for that event, but for wrestling as a whole. And there's so many huge wrestling moments that Jim Ross is tied to. And it's like you, it's it's hard to separate the two. His announcing at Hell in a Cell 98 between The Undertaker I, and Mankind. I was about to say that. Dear God, they've broken him in half. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to know how to be a wrestling announcer. That's what you do. Put that match on. Don't even pay attention to the match. Just sit there and listen to Jim Ross. The emotion that he gives and the concern, the true concern that he conveys for Mick Foley in that match, you know, made me feel the exact same way. Even, you know, I'd seen it, but it's like almost like a car crash. Like, I can't believe what I just saw. But then Jim Ross talking about it made you understand the gravity of it. And, you know, I just, with him, I just think there'll never be another Bobby, the brain Heenan was amazing. He gave you the comedy side, but he also gave you a manager's aspect of it. A man, you know, looking through a manager's eyes and also looking through somebody who's been in the ring. Mm -hmm. People for a lot of people forget or don't know Bobby Heenan used to wrestle before he became a manager. Uh, they always said he he wrestled like a manager and he managed like a wrestler. Yeah. That's what made him so good. And then, of course, oh, the, yeah. com- the commentating. Uh, Bobby Heenan was uh, – a lot of the stuff he came up with just right off the cuff. I mean, it was so yeah. just impromptu. Like, and, yes, as iconic as a duo as Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are, there's for me, there's still no better combination than Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Them on commentary together was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. all it was must listen. It's like well, sometimes I was paying more attention to what they were saying than to what was going on in the ring because they always kept me entertained. And then you've got newer guys. You've got Nigel McGinnis, who used to be a wrestler. He was 
Ring of Honor World Champion, Ring of Honor Pure Champion. He's been an announcer for uh, WWE, both both versions of NXT, uh, Ring of Honor. He's now a color commentator on AEW Collision on Saturdays. Kevin Kelly, who I first saw Kevin Kelly in WWE in mid-90s. Uh, he was a backstage interviewer. And then he left later on and ended up going to Ring of Honor and become their main announcer. And he was fantastic. Went to New Japan. Now he's into AEW also on Collision. Excalibur is fantastic. Um, you know, he's so knowledgeable. And he's also a former wrestler who understands the business from the inside and also which is it's refreshing for me in this day and age to hear somebody explain the holds that the wrestlers are using in the ring yep. and why and why they're using them because WWE has had gotten so far away from that it's like Joey Styles said it on a it was like a scripted shoot that he did on Raw one night and he's like you know we don't get to say wrestlers we have to say superstars we don't get to call the moves in the ring that these men and women have you know put their bodies through hell to learn and perfect we don't even get to call the moves that they're doing what a maneuver exactly and it's refreshing to hear guys like kevin kelly and nigel mcginnis and excalibur explain those moves you got a guy a legend like Taz on commentary who's done commentary for WWE, TNA, and now AEW who explains the moves and why they're being done, what body parts are being affected and things like that. You've got the brilliant Tony Schiavone who has always been great. It's just, I'm, I'm thankful for great announcers, great commentators because for the television presentation of it, it goes hand, it goes hand in hand if you don't have a good commentator that can add to the story that they're telling in the ring then the match will be the match will be good because the talent's there but it won't be nearly as interesting because you have these people explaining the backstory of a lot of what's going on in the ring and yeah cuz i was just thinking about you know, some of the older announcers that, you know, we grew up like Bob, Bob Cottle. You yeah, know, Bob always, Cottle, yeah. Yeah, I always like Bob Cottle. Uh, David Crockett, he could get a little too excited at times, but I mean. Yeah, you know, he, um, he, he could, <laughs> but I mean. It, it, I mean, it, it still made the shows. I mean, you knew that yeah. he, he was all about the good guys. Bob Cottle oh, yeah. was more neutral, but David Crockett was all about the yeah. good guys. And you could tell um, he even, he even yeah. took a he took a Russian sickle from Nikita. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Jesse Jesse the Body of Ventura was yep. an excellent commentator in WWF and WCW. Uh, Jesse the Body, who has man, you look at all the the stuff on his resume. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wrestler, announcer, governor, uh, Minnesota, mayor of whatever mayor. town that was. And can, yeah, then has his own, not a talk show, but his own. And, I, don't, I don't know what you call his show. <laughs> and I know, I know he's ex-military. Was he a Navy SEAL? He was a a budsman. 
you know, like a, um, he wasn't a SEAL, but he was like on the demolition team who worked alongside okay. them a lot of times. Okay. Um, I, mean, still, so, I mean, he like, did some stuff. I mean, he was, he's a, still, I mean, being on the demo uh, team for the Navy is enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he, and for what I understand, yeah, he went to Vietnam. So, I mean, he is a Vietnam vet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I mean, there's, um, yeah, so many ones out there, but the ones that, you know, you mentioned aren't the ones that really, really stand out, you know, like a Shivani, like a Ross, uh, Gordon Soli was another one. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and, you know, like, yeah, very thankful because if it wasn't for them, um, and that's one thing I do miss when I go to a live event, you can't exactly. Yeah. You know, that's like commentary, it's, but. Well, that's like at SummerSlam and uh, my wife was like, this is weird with no commentary. It is, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but that's why the indie wrestlers, why they are really working on their craft because they don't have. Yeah. They've know, got the, to tell the entire story. Yep. So, oh, but so that covers all the things we're thankful for in wrestling. And, you know, Kyle also said the things we're just thankful for in general. And yes, this is kind of going away from wrestling, mm-hmm. but I could tell you the three things I think obviously my family. Yep. You know, Same. very thankful for my friends. You know, obviously, Dwayne's one of my best friends in the world, has been for over three decades now. Mm-hmm. And yes, we can say that because we're that old. <laughs> you yeah. know our our friendship is old yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um and we just turned both of us just turned 50 in the past few months and so we're both half a century old and so our friendship has gone over 60 percent of our the time that we've been on the face of this planet yep you know mm-hmm. so i'm very thankful for uh, my family um of course my wife my kids um you know thankful for all my friends and the third one i mean that's a sometimes it's kind of a hard one because you feel like you're leaving stuff out. Um, because I mean, I also served at the military for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, but I also kind of think, well, you know what? We're free. We're free. I mean, even if we don't agree with each other, mm-hmm. we're free to disagree without, you know, causing like too bad of a conflict where somebody's right. going to get put in jail because we don't agree. So I'm, right. I'm very, very grateful and thankful for that. And the thankful yeah. that we can have Thanksgiving. Right. Like, like you, I'm extremely thankful for my family, um, my wife, my kids, uh, my soon to be next kid next April. Um, I am extremely thankful for mine and Steve's friendships. I have, I've always said I have a lot of acquaintances, but not a lot of true friends. But Steve has been a true friend since day one. And um, so I've always been very thankful for our friendship. And the last one is I'm just thankful. I am thankful for therapy uh, because therapy has helped me a lot in getting my mental health back in check of understanding things about myself, understanding how to let certain things go and not obsess about them. And I mentally, I'm in a very good place these days and I couldn't have been there without therapy. So I'm extremely thankful for therapy. And if anybody thinks, well, I shouldn't go to therapy. Only weak people go to therapy. No. Um, I had a commander one time and I've mentioned this on the show before. Um, 
my form, former squadron commander, in fact, her name was uh, Ginger Wallace. She was a lieutenant colonel at the time. Um, and she said in, in one of our commander's calls, she said, seeking help, reaching out for help, saying you need help. She's like, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. The strongest thing you can do. Yeah. To admit, hey, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. You know, so saying that you need help, she said, it is a sign of strength. Yeah. I mean, I struggled for years with my mental health trying to take care of it myself and not wanting to admit that it had gotten as bad as it had gotten. And then finally I was like, I, I can't do it by myself anymore. I've got, I've got to have some help and it helped quite a bit. Oh yeah. And, you know, it, um, and when people talk about friendships, um, there was a period of time, Dwayne and I had actually lost touch uh, for a little bit because we had yeah, lost touch. Yeah. I was in Maryland and you had like just moved. And this was before everybody, you know, obviously it was before social media. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't even have an email address yet. The last time we had seen each other. Yeah, you know, I, I established true, a hotmail yeah. address later. Um, but I think you had just moved and um and we had just lost touch. Mm-hmm. And I think I had ran into your brother and I think he said, Well, he said, I'll see if I can get a hold of him, you know, and um you know, because um he didn't want to just give your phone number now, right. which I yeah. I understood that, you know, and so yeah. uh but then he didn't have any way of getting a hold of me. <laughs> so right. so right. we didn't actually get back in touch. Let's see, that was in around 97, 90, late 96, mm-hmm. 97, last time we'd seen each other. We didn't get back in touch until Facebook became a thing. Yes. And yes. so it was 15 years later, maybe? Yeah, because I, let's see. Or maybe it was around I'm, 2007, 2008. Yeah, I think I signed frame. up for Facebook about 2000. Yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. like eleven, ten, eleven years later. Yeah. Um, and we picked right back up. Right back up. Yeah, yeah. and that, and that's the thing I mean about friendships that you can go for months without talking to each other. You, know, oh, yeah. you can go for years, obviously, without talking to each other. Doesn't mean the friendship ends. No, and if the no. friendship is real, then it never dies. Right, because we didn't stop talking just because we're mad at each other. We just lost touch because, you know, life. I mean, I moved, you moved mm -hmm. at the same time. And And like you said, it's not, it wasn't as easy to keep in touch as it is now. Right. You know, because now we do have social media and smartphones and things like that. I mean, we literally carry around a computer in our pocket every day. I do. And yeah. And and it's, it's right here, (laughs) you know, and with the case that says armchair booking, you can get one That's of those right. at tpublic.com slash users uh, slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. <laughs> just, just saying, just putting it out there. All right. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, you know, back then it's like, if you didn't know the person's address or telephone number, that was. You were hosed. Yeah, that was it. You You had no other way of getting in touch with them. And for us to have been friends for as long as we have, because, I mean, we've been friends since. 1989? Uh, yeah, late late 89, our junior year of high school. Yeah, late 89. Yeah. We've been friends almost 35 years. Yep. So, um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So three and a half decades, and 
you know, and then we just keep collecting friends to kind of add to it, yeah. you know, along yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I do want to give a shout out because I saw you had posted this. You didn't mention on the last podcast I, um, that we did two days ago. After, um, you know, I shut everything down, everything was processed, and I was looking on Facebook, and I saw your brother got an award. Yes, he did. Yep. And it was from, oh, well, I, I, you know what? I'll let you go ahead and explain. He got, he got an award for, uh, from the Boys and Girls Club. It was just like, you know, like outstanding performance and things like that. It's like he has done just an amazing, he has completely turned around the Boys and Girls Club in Hopkinsville. Um, it is such a good place for kids to go after school and during the summer and things like that. And, you know, they're, they learn things there. It's not just a place to house these kids while their parents are at work or their parents don't want to be bothered or whatever. It's like they learn things so that they can take that out into the world and be able to make a future for themselves. And my brother, who's the director of the boys and girls club in Hopkinsville is just phenomenal in that role. He's like, he loves those kids and, gives everything he's got to make sure that it is the best possible facility for, for kids to go to, for them to have a safe place, safe space to go to. Is it up by the fairgrounds? No, it's over on, uh, it's on Walnut street. Okay. It's, um, over by, um, DA over by Dirt, Dirt Avenue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they definitely needed a little bit of, of, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Durrett Avenue, for those who aren't from Hopkinsville, Kentucky, Durrett Avenue was um, kind of... It's a rough neighborhood. It's a rough neighborhood, yeah. Uh, They had the DA dogs. I don't even know if they're still around or not, but... I don't either. But, yeah, he he does... He has done a lot of great things, and he's well-deserved of the awards that he gets. And if... If anybody who knows Dwell and you go on his Facebook, you can actually see, you know, he posted uh, the link to it, you know, to the uh, the news story about it. Mm-hmm. And you can see a picture of Terrence. Terrence is huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Terrence is my, Terrence is my quote unquote baby brother. He is five years younger than me, but I am, you know, I'm six feet tall, 234 pounds. He will not tell me his weight, but he is a big man, and he is also six foot six. Oh, he's over three fifty. Yeah, got to be. But but he is he is solid and he is broad. And if <laughs> I'm standing in front of him and somebody's standing behind him, you cannot see me at all. <laughs> oh, my so, wife! My uh, wife has told me that she's like, you and Terrence were standing there talking, and she's like, and I couldn't see you at all. So <laughs> you're the only person. You're the older brother. Yeah. He's the big brother. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that may be why the neighborhood's cleaned up. Terrence just walks outside and looks around. Y'all going to calm down? Yeah. It's like, is there a problem here? What, what's going uh, on? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, Tiny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that should, you know, that ought to be his nickname. Tiny Terrence. All the kids call him, all the kids just call him Mr. Terrence. I don't blame him. <laughs> about, you know, if I'm able to see him again. You know, which is which is funny because even though my wife she doesn't remember it, she's actually met Terrence. You know, um, right. at yep. the, the my sister's wedding reception. So, yep. 
But, you know, those are the things that we're thankful for in wrestling. Those are the things that, you know, and we only named three things that we're thankful for in life. Obviously, there's a lot more, but those are the, yeah. the three that, you know, definitely come to mind. Um, you know, and, you know, also, you know, kind of thankful for, I mean, opportunities to help the show grow because yep. we are looking at a lot of things. In fact, the gentleman who emailed us, you know, hopefully, you know, he's watching this. So he can email back. Cause I actually emailed him back and I, our courtesy copy you as well. Um, yeah, I was just, it was a busy day. I hadn't had a chance to oh, read yeah. it yet. Um, and he also has um, a YouTube channel. Oh, you okay. know, so yeah, he's, um, he's been a wrestling fan for a while. You know, so he could probably tell us some things that we'll be taking notes going, really? Oh, you know, let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's probably forgotten more than what we'll ever know. And we know a lot, especially Dwaylon. He is the walking, talking encyclopedia of professional wrestling. And we need to have a T-shirt made that says that. <laughs> uh, but next week, obviously, you know, we've talked about more than likely Monday, where we're doing a review of, or a preview of uh, Survivor Series. Uh, because it's happening on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Rest of the week, obviously, is very busy because yeah. we have Thanksgiving. And then I have yep. another wrestling thing for the NWF that I'm going to on Friday. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, but it really is, you know, Thanksgiving is definitely a day for spending with family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'll be thankful to be able to do that. Uh, my daughter is supposed to come in from, from uni, from university. You know, hopefully, you know, she doesn't have to work over the weekend uh, because she has a, a job now up in Dayton. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, she doesn't have to work over the weekend so she can stay down here uh, a little bit longer than just a day. Um, yeah. You know, so but either way, until we can speak again, my friend, you know, for those of you who may not be listening next week, you know, definitely have a good Thanksgiving and I'll say it again. Absolutely. Yeah, we record again. Have a good Thanksgiving, even if you're you're not American you're from a different country. Have a good Thanksgiving anyway. Yep. Spend time with your family. You know, that's because that's really what it's what's all about. All giving about. Thing, yeah. Giving thanks and kind of take a break and mm-hmm. calm down and and just know that, you know, Mariah Carey, she's thought out. You know, you're, you're going to start hearing the music on the radio. So, uh, yeah, I've already heard it in the stores and it's like just, oh, uh, I can't. I just I can't. <laughs> haven't heard it yet. I'm pretty sure it'll be soon. I hear, you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy my, I'm just trying to live my life and enjoy myself. And here comes Mariah Carey jumping off the top rope with a double axe handle, like singing her song. It's like, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't care if what you want for Christmas is me. No, exactly. You know, it sounds like human trafficking. We don't want that. Exactly. Leave me alone. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> see now that's going to make people think twice about that song. Yep. Yep. See. But either way, until we can meet again, my friend. Good night and God bless. God bless.